heard across the Resonate Regional Radio Network. It's my time, it's my life. I hope you will come along. This is Rural Queensland Today with Ben Dobbin. Good morning and welcome to Rural Queensland today. It's Monday morning, the 19th of September. A very good morning to everybody listening to us across the Resonate Broadcast Network through 4SB in Kingaroy, 4ZR in Roma, 4VL in Charleville, 4HI in Emerald, 4LM Mount Isa, 4LG Longreach, 4GC Charters Towers and the Hot Country Network. Good morning to you. So much to get through this morning. A big show. Robert Cattle will join us. We're going to catch up with Glenn Young from the PBR. We're also going to talk with Brendan Parnell, CEO of Racing Queensland and their initiative. Uh, If you are a sports fan, buckle up because we've got football this weekend. The Cowboys are the only Queensland team left. They take on Parramatta Friday night in Townsville. And I'm sure a lot of people listening to us will be watching that or travelling to the game. Townsville, completely booked out. Cannot get a flight in, cannot get a accommodation on Friday night. And isn't that always the way? Big nights like this in Townsville and the joint is booked out, completely booked out. So that is unbelievable what's going on there. And and also the big thing about it is that, that when you're in Townsville, the Cowboys, uh, they know how important that'll be a massive night for that side. So much to get through in a busy, busy week. Let's get into it. Robbie Catter joins us next. This is Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Welcome back to Rural Queensland Today, Monday morning, the 19th of September. Let's start. Robbie Catter joining us this morning. No doubt excited about what Friday will bring with the North Queensland Cowboys taking on Parramatta in a prelim in Townsville. I'm sure, Robbie, you'll be there. Uh, a lot to get through, though, this week, mate. A big week for North Queensland and for Rugby League. Yeah, it was a tough task for them, mate, but they're a great bunch of blokes. Um, they've, you know, they come together as a team. They're very humble, so they deserve everything they get, but they got a very tough task ahead of them. Yeah, they certainly have no two ways about that. Parramatta um, will be very difficult. Mate, I can't get over this, and we talked last week, and this is a huge issue. What Mark Ferner has done to the fishing industry by cutting 80% of the quota and ruining livelihoods with the Spanish mackerel bag rights and, like, cutting them by 80%. Yeah, man. It's just um, criminal. But, it's criminal. Yeah, I, I'm lost for words on it. I've got to say I'm not surprised because it's the sort of thing uh, this government does. Is like they pick an industry they've got to clog and, um, and demonstrate that they're you know, cutting back something in primary industry somewhere to the greenies in the city. And this was the sacrificial lamb here because um, the the fact is that under the they changed methodology and under the new methodology they said, well, this is a better one and, and this tells you that there's not much fish left. But the same methodology is shown, um, say, up at Crumba that there was 7% of king salmon left, but you can still catch it off the beach. Now, if king salmon 7%, you're not catching it off the beach. And um, it just shows that there's flaws in the in the system, the, you know, the existing system and, and the fishers, fishermen themselves have catch, caught under quota um, for the last umpteenth years. Well, and I think only about 50% of the quota that was the old uh, methodology that they were using, they've fished well below the quota, so they've done their job according to what the government told them and now the government said, oh, no, we've changed how we measured it and now none of you can fish anymore, so sorry about those loans you took out to buy those boats and no, it's just sorry about all that stuff you've yeah. invested where and, and we're not going to compensate you either so sorry about that <laughs> that's yeah it's just horrible mate uh, unbelievable um and one uh, I, and i think if mark ferner and this is the way he treats people this is the concerning thing if this is what's going to happen we have got some real issues long term because 
the agricultural industry is really in trouble, really in trouble. And if the fisheries industry is anything to gauge by, we've got to be very, very careful what's going on. There's no way that that should have been cut like it has and it's ruined people's livelihoods. Another one um, is, you know, the housing crisis. Now, you've been very, very, very strong on this. Uh, You've written to the Premier and to the Treasurer and the Housing Minister calling on the Palaszczuk Government to formally consider a proposal during the official housing summit. That would be transfer duty fees on properties purchased in rural and regional communities of less than 25,000 people to be halved. Now, this would make things a lot more, I suppose, enticing as another reason to yeah. try and get people to come to the bush. Is it is it a reality? It, like, it makes a lot of sense. Talk me through it. And, and and do you believe that we could be a chance of getting some sort of reality in this? Yeah, I mean, it's always hard to say what sort of a chance. And um, probably you've got to say politics is the art of the possible. So you've got to, you've got to work with hope. But, um, mate, I don't, I don't have much hope in this government, but, I guess the the main point here is that we need to decentralise. I, I I can absolutely guarantee you, and they're saying we need to fix the housing crisis. They're they're talking about fixing the housing crisis in, crisis in Brisbane or the southeast corner. And um, you know, I've long since thought, Dobbo, and people are saying, well, it's terrible. I can't afford to buy a house in, in Brisbane. Well, if you can't afford to buy a house in the middle of Brisbane, move out of Brisbane. <laughs> you know, it's pretty simple. And um, and there's you know, there's plenty of affordable housing out in the regions and um. And added to that, as a, as a state, the premier should be thinking about how do we how do we do this or take advantage of this situation by if we're going to put some money and use taxpayers' money and put some effort into it, how do we do it to displace the population so we don't have so much congestion in the southeast, and that we can still keep some of those regional towns and um, and cities populated and stimulated. And this is just some way to do it. Is um, you know if you're an owner occupier, home buyer, not an investor, but an owner occupier, you go out. You get half the stamp fee. That's a big deal, and um, that's that's some way to stimulate the first home buyers grant. Not that accessible out in western areas, and um, bank lending is not that accessible. So you need to you need to somehow incentivise people if you want to decentralise the state. So here's a good opportunity. Yeah, you're dead right. Um, it's a great opportunity to do it, and, and one that I think um, a lot of people would think. Well, hang on, this could be something that could move forward that we could really try and, and sink our teeth into. Talk yeah, to me, it's very practical, mate. Talk to me about the Post Office Bank um, and your thoughts around this. I mean, we, yeah, well, we talk very often, and this this idea to me rings very true. Yeah. No, look, you know, I've had uh, mates and oh, di- different constituents that are trying to get loans before out in, whether in Richmond, Dewey Creek, Normanton, Carumba, uh, trying to buy a business, trying to buy a house, and the terms that the bank offer are just completely un- unreasonable. Um, and tells you that they don't want to do business out there anymore. And why would they? They can, you know, for a lot less effort, they can do a lot more business in the cities. And they've removed half the half the bank premises, the buildings in these uh, towns and uh, and staff. So they just have no appetite. And also their lending terms, as I said, are just um, ridiculous. You know, you can they, they won't lend you two hundred grand for a house at Richmond, but they'll lend you five, six hundred grand for the same house for you know house the same couple buying a house in Townsville. Then, and that's a fact. That's what happens. But to turn that around, you just need a bank that doesn't operate off the, the – is not trying to compete with those major banks that operate on different terms. And and if the government's really serious about trying to decentralise and, and still keep these regional town cities alive, one of the first places you've got to start is is access to finance. Yeah. If you can't – you know, if the couple 
um, moving to town, that might be school teachers, might be working the local tyre shop, whatever. If they can't buy a house, well, there's not much incentive to stay, is there? But if, no. if we create a government bank, and the best way to do that is the post office bank, the post offices are already doing deposit taking around Australia. And Christine Holgate, who was the champion of uh, at Australia Post, she started moving towards this. And uh, it's just, an, again, a really practical way to do what we've done before in our history, like the Commonwealth Bank was established to fill gaps in the market and there's a gap in the market right now and it's in western towns and cities and um, it's very real and to address that we've got a really elegant solution that it, in, and how many policies Dolo, do we know that make money for the taxpayer this this thing will make money for the taxpayer not cost us money so it's got to be done and uh, there's been a proposal uh, dad's involved with it down in Canberra to put forward uh, a, a post office bank and I do it through the post offices and if that's the best vehicle for government bank yeah I'm all for it and uh, we should get behind it. Will the government look at it, do you think? Is it, or is this got to come from – Is this got to? it's obviously got to come federally. Um, yeah. So that would be something that, you know, it has to be driven from, from the federal – from the federal. Yeah. yeah. It could be done so, but it's much better done federally. And, yeah, for 30 years, both Liberal and Labor have been economic rationalists that say that's ridiculous. Governments don't do – if something can be done privately, it should be – you know, and that's why they sold the Commonwealth Bank and the likes, because it was just, um, it's been that ideological drive of uh, government stay out of the road and get out of private enterprise. Well, that's fine, but if there's market failure, um, but there's, <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Why wouldn't you allow, an, um, you know, an instrument to go back in there that uh, fills that gap? That's So that's the challenge. And, you know, that ever since COVID and the disruption in the national supply, there's been some talk of let's, challenge economic rationalism and let's um, start to think about challenging those views we've had for 30 years. KAP's been challenging them for the last 10 years, at least it has been challenging 20 years. Uh, so let's, you know, hopefully we can turn things around, although but it's desperately needed in the bush, I know that. Hey, Robbie, just take, we're going to take a break. This is Rural Queensland Today. The member for Tragar, Robert Catter, joining us this morning. This is Rural Queensland Today. We'll be back shortly. Welcome back to Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. It's Monday morning, the 19th of September. Robbie Catter joining us this morning. Robbie, it, it's an issue um, and obviously we, we need to make sure that we, we are looking at that because it's got to be able – people have got to be able to get what they need out of business in the bush and got to be able to borrow money. The blue card yeah. issue has been something that you've been very passionate about and it took me a little while to understand it, but it is an absolute travesty about what is going on. Now, let's start from the beginning. You have had three days of testimony about the chronic unemployment, the socioeconomic disadvantage that is being experienced within the Indigenous communities and you held these hearings, you were there, held in Mount Isa, Palm Island and Yarraba into the Working with Children Amendment Bill of 2021 yep. and not one member, I'm going to say, not one member of the Labor Party were present. <laughs> well, to be precise, the committee did only because they're made to be present, but not one of the MPs, elected MPs representing those areas turned up, bothered to turn up. Now, you could say, oh, that's because it's a, a KAP bill and no one cares about it, but that's um, unfortunately wrong for them because all the mayors turned up and everyone that turned up fully supports it and says this has got to be done. This is And they've been saying the same thing for nine years, Dollar, because I, I didn't make this up. I got it given to me by um, local justice group morning to Dollar. Plus, you know, if all the non-Indigenous workers in that field just saying, Rob, the, the blue card is just nuts using it in these communities. If you think 
that um, waving a blue card around the hospital or the school is keeping kids uh, safe at home and those Aboriginal communities, you're absolutely kidding yourself. And um, and all it, all it's doing is keeping mum and dad out of work, the ones that are trying to break the cycle and, you know, break that, um, you know, cycle of alcoholism and um, non-unemployment, the ones that try to break out, they go to get their first job and it requires a blue card. And I'll say, sorry, mate, um, you can't get the job because you've, you whack someone five years ago, or you got a homebrew offence, or uh, you know, drink driving offence, and that's most people in the community. So um, look forward to having no one ever employed, and those kids um, running around the street getting worse and worse and worse because um, the you know the way to turn this stuff around is get mum and dad the meaningful employment, and it can happen, even if in small numbers it can happen, but you've got to have some practical solutions. So I'll put that forward um, to um, make the blue card more accessible to communities. Overwhelming. You wouldn't even say overwhelming sort. It's a hundred percent of support in the community. It's like you, we've just been hearing the same thing at every hearing from mayors and councillors. Yet not one Labor MP bothered to turn up. Cynthia Louie, member for Cook up in the Cape, um, uh, Torres Strait Island Heritage herself, and then she's um, got the most number of Aboriginal communities. Didn't even bother turning up. Hasn't said a word about it. So why? <laughs> why, why, why wouldn't they have turned Mate, up? Like, what could be more important to her job than at least even turning up to that? What could be more important than trying to save these people in these Aboriginal communities? They, you know, they talk about treaty and, oh, we're going to save everything. Mate, here's something practical that everyone wants up there. Now, I've never heard anyone doing Jim Morrison talking to me about treaty. I've heard them talking a lot about blue cards, and um, that's a lot more important to them right now. Uh, they didn't even bother turning up, so they should be answerable to that. Yeah, it, 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 that's disgusting to me. I, I, I can't get over it. Um, yeah, I, I intend I, to make him answerable to it too, Dobbo. Yeah, I, I, I can't believe it as well. i tell you what I am disappointed in, and, and under the feral pest initiative, that this is another one of the governments, right, the bounties yep. for dogs have been dropped at a lot of, through a lot of councils. Now, I'm dumbfounded by this. Forever and a day, there has been – Bounties on trying to get dogs. Now, the the first significant one is, you know, like over the last 12 months, you know, Gunda Windy have decided now they used to charge $100 a, a bounty. So that yep. they're now done. So Southern Downs, Shire, Boulogne offers 50 a dog. You know, the Gunda mm. Windy offered a percentage up to 100 per dog, no longer offering a bounty. It cited the Queensland Government Amendment in 2021 to reduce the council funding for pest animal management programs. As a result, the council has undertaken significant consultation with landowners to determine the best management forward. Now, the properties will focus on the reconstruction of barrier fencing and skilled local landholders. All that sounds great. But what's happened is we've got the state government trying to say, well, we're going to move away from the supplied 1080 concentrate. We know that, which is almost depleted. You've got 46 councils that were successful receiving grants of up to a million dollars to try and reduce the impact. But Mark Ferner has lost touch in this area. You can't, you cannot control dogs unless you have trap. It needs to be a full plan. And you know this, you've been all through Queensland. Now we've got the government who are pulling the funding. So the National Wild Dog Program, right, for invasives is saying that, it, it, it's a dead dog mentality. Seven years on, this has been going on, they cannot in any way believe that they've got this right. Mate, uh, yeah. Oh, you know, 
the thing that jumps to mind um, as you're going through all that, Dobbo, which is, yeah, um, you know, startling, I'm sure, to most of your listeners, but it's, um, uh, you know, the, that I think they poured five or $600 million into the Great Barrier Reef now on the basis of, you know, it's good for the environment. We've got to worry about the environment. But if it comes to pigs, prickly acacia, wild dogs, that's all environmental issues. And... Um, um, and they pull they pull money <laughs> going backwards all that funding, so um, it's it, it, you know it's entire contradiction and and sadly it's it's um, expected now of this government that they um, do that and and um, there's just no intention to to sort of oh, address these things that affect primary production and we've got to work out to pay our bills somehow and we've done it pretty well with primary production the last uh, couple hundred years mate so I'm, I'm not so sure why they. They think, um, you, you know, with mackerel or um, you know, primary production, sheep and cattle and whatever, is, uh, this stuff is not an issue. Um, massive issue. Yeah. Massive, massive mm. issue. Appreciate your time, Robbie. We'll catch up again shortly, mate. Thanks for being with us. Always a pleasure, Dollar. Good on you. We'll take a break, come back with more. This is Rural Queensland Today. Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. This was announced last week. Uh, the PBR will be in Winton with their Way Out West Festival in 2023 uh, for a brand new festival unlike any other. Mark your calendars now. Glenn Young, the General Manager of the PBR for Australia, joins us this morning. G'day, mate. How are you? Good morning, Benny. Thanks for having me. Oh, mate, great to talk to you. Uh, what a great story this is. Uh, the PBR now at Winton's Way Out West Festival. How long has this been in the works for? And, and obviously the PBR sees this as a real focal point to, to be a part of. Yeah, look, we've started working on this throughout COVID. I mean, we were supposed to launch it this year. Um, but, you know, just with the borders being a little bit rough, reluctant to be open, you know, uh, coming on the, you know, the back end around Christmas and stuff, we just... Made the call to postpone it until 2023, and that's uh, been a pretty good decision to do because it just gave us more time to work on it. Geez, you've had an unbelievable series um, and season this year, but just with this Way Out West Festival, tickets will go on sale um, very shortly, but it's going to have everything. They'll go on sale 7th of October, so keep an eye out on the PBR website, the Facebook page, and Way Out West Festival's Facebook page as well. But, it, you know, this will just tie in with obviously the full program of what you're, you guys are trying to trying to achieve and and it looks like you know for me that it's just got stronger and stronger this year if you look at the standings this year the pbr has been absolutely phenomenal and and you've still got obviously a long way to go but it's the same usual suspects right up the front yeah it is i mean you know if you look at aaron clower i mean he had an awesome weekend in maribor on the weekend he rode that roid rage um of jason Dittman's this bullet hadn't been ridden in 17 out then he rode long bomber for the first bull of the night and um you know, like that, that guy there is just on fire. You know, he's going to probably make about 150000 in in career earnings this year just on the tour, which is which is a lot of money for the Australian tour. I mean, that's probably going to put him up, you know, within the top 10 earnings in the world. Um, and he's, he's done it all here in Australia. But, you know, from our perspective, we've just sort of kept kept going, kept, uh, you know, staying to the heartland, keeping it in the country areas. And, and um, you know, the crowds have been great. Uh, the bull riders have been doing exceptional jobs. Um, and same as the Bulls. The Bulls have been bucking, and it's um, good to see on the back end of the year they're starting to get a lot more road. Talk about Aaron, right? Can we just talk about him? Obviously, he's riding 75% of his Bulls this year. Now, and I don't understand this, he's, he's got a world ranking of 48 at the moment. How does mm-hmm. he go up the food chain um, in rankings? And I, and I mean this genuinely. He's earned $75,000 this year, 
Uh, there's, you know, 75,000 already this year. He's got a long way to go this year. But how will he go up and where does he sit in the world as bull riders? Because to me, everything he gets on at the moment, he, he is absolutely running hot. Why is his ranking, and I'm not saying it's low, but I thought he would have been top 10 in the world at the moment. Yeah, look, the world rankings aren't in, in play at the moment because of the teams deal. Um, so the world rankings come in in November. Um, and they'll run through May because the whole season's been swung around this year with the World Finals being moved to May instead of uh, November. Yep. Um, so, you know, the, the points that he's earning are really national points only, but uh, where he's 48th in the world is where he sort of finished up in the standings, um, you know, when the, when the standings stopped. But, you know, right from now, I think uh, you'll start to see, you know, come November, you'll probably do a few events and then jump on a jet and get straight to the US and... Uh, He'll be up there at the top 10 in the world for sure. Yeah, he's as good a bull rider as there is. And, I mean, we've had some – I mean, you you think about it. We've had some unbelievable champions and world champions come out of Australia. But Aaron seems to me to be the bloke who really is stepping up. And and for me, obviously, he's showing a lot of of the other blokes how to go. Is he that far ahead at the moment? Yeah, look, he's – Look, he, he's done less events than most guys over here. Um, but, you know, he, he's that far ahead of guys just because his attitude. You know, he's, he's staying healthy. He's wanting to get on the best bulls. Um, and, and when he does get on the best bulls, he's riding them. Um, so he's making the most of those sort of situations. That's why he's winning the dollars and that's why he's riding percentage so high. But, you know, he's up there. You know, you, you could look at the top five guys in the world on that kind of riding percentage. And, and you know, he's sitting there with them and, um, you know, look, I've believe that as soon as he does get on that plane and get over there, he's going to get noticed very quickly. I know that a number of the teams have sort of been trying to scout him for, for next year. Um, so, you know, he's going to be one of those riders that are going to be in demand. Yeah, and that's great news. Mate, talk to me. Um, the, the, obviously, the PBR schedule, you, you you know, you just had Maryborough over the weekend. Um, you then go to Camden in New South Wales, but you'll be back in Kilkeven on October the 8th, um, then Mackay and then Rockhampton with the Invitational. So you've got – there's a few big, big opportunities. And then obviously um, you, you, at the end of the year is Townsville and you've got Rockhampton as well and, and you know, you and New Year's at Rockhampton. But Townsville with the finals in late November, that's the big one. But so you're leading up. There's still plenty of events left. Yeah, there's lots, lots to go. I mean, I think, you know, at this stage we always start to see these front runners like Aaron and Quinn and, and Lockie Richardson, you know, they start to settle in their positions for – the big race for this back back end of the season is for those bottom 10 guys that are trying to make that Townsville event. You know, they're the ones that are doing their best <clears throat> and covering the miles to get down the road and, and um, try and get qualified for the, the big one, uh, you know, at the end of the year. But, you know, in saying that, every event's important to teach and every one of those riders, um, and as is the Bulls, because the Bulls are sort of also competing for competition as well and, and you know, which Bulls going to be the best in the, in the country this season. But... You know, right now, these guys are, are doing a lot of miles. Like I said, we, we're down in Camden and we're back up in Mackay and we're in Kilkeven and, and a few other places along the way before the end of the year. But, um, you know, it's, it's been a tough year. You know, there's been a few injuries and, and a lot of guys are riding injured. But um, it's the guys like, you know, you just keep coming back to Aaron because he's winning everything. And, you know, if he wins the sixth Australian title, he's going to be the or fifth Australian title. He's going to be the first guy to do it um, in the history of our sport as well. So when when do you guys? We know Winton's on next year with the Way Out West Festival, and that will be between the thirty first and first thirty uh, first of March to the first of April. But when do you announce your schedule for next year? Um, it'll be coming in October. 
Right. So we've got a, a very full schedule next year. You know, we've got, uh, you know, the Witten Festival. It's a bad product. It's bulls, bands and bikes and it's all after dark. And um, it's something new that we've been working on for the last couple of years. So we're going to integrate, you know, the music aspect and a bit of other action sport into that competition and make it, uh, you know, instead of our 90-minute shows, it'll be, a, you know, a, a good six or seven hour um, per day sort of program. Um, but it's going to be very fast-paced, very action-packed and, um, you know, very entertaining. So uh, we've got two of those events next year, but then we're also, you know, we kick back into Origin in the early part of the year. We've got a very solid schedule. You know, I think it kicks off Australia Day uh, next year and we go really hard until May. Um, so I think there's about 16 events between that period and, and that sort of gives our guys the best opportunity to qualify for that World Finals next year. Well, that makes a huge, it's a huge important part of it. Um, this is a great news story and uh, we're talking with the GM of the PBR, Glenn Young, who does a phenomenal job. They've just joined forces with Winton's Way Out West Festival in 2023 for a brand new festival. Uh, mark your calendars, 31st of March to the 1st of April. Tickets go on sale Friday the 7th of October, the Way Out West Festival Facebook page, and also um, you can go anywhere uh, like the PBR website to get all the latest on that as well. Glenn Young, great to chat, mate. Thanks so much for being with us. We'll talk to you on the lead-up to the finals in Townsville in late November. Awesome, Dobby. Thanks for having me, mate. Yeah, great to talk. Glenn Young, uh, PBR Australia. We'll take a break, come back with more. This is Rural Queensland Today. Monday morning, Rural Queensland Today. Racing Queensland CEO Brendan Parnell joins us this morning and Racing Queensland have done a phenomenal thing in joining forces and forming, forming a community partnership with the Royal Flying Doctor Service uh, of Queensland, the RFDS. Uh, Brendan Parnell, good morning. Thanks so much for being with us. Dubbo, good morning to you and all the listeners. Yeah, it's really exciting, isn't it? One of the great regional and rural um, charities that, that looks after the health and well-being of people right around the, the length and breadth of the state, the Royal Flying Doctor Service, is partnering up with the Country Cups Challenge. So how does this work, the Country Cups Challenge? Can you just explain it? it you know, obviously... It will now serve as an important fundraising initiative. How will that work, and 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 how is RQ going to distribute the money? So over the next three years, we estimate that around half a million dollars will be raised for the Royal Flying Doctor Service through our uh, partnership, but also fundraising activities at the sixteen Country Cup race meetings that take sure. place. So on the weekend, Atherton held its um, Country Cup uh, race meeting. And each of those 16 clubs will be part of raising funds for this really important um, charity and, and such an important part of the, the health in, in regional and remote Queensland. And a number of the towns where they have their aeromedical aircraft are, are featured in this series. Um, of course, Longreach is one of the more famed ones, but the likes of uh, Mount Isa, Charleville, Roma, Rockhampton, Munderberg, as well are home. So at each of those 16, then, of course, in December 3 in Brisbane for the Country Cups Challenge, Final, which will be um, partnered with Royal Flying Doctor Service, another great chance to raise funds there. Yeah, well, that's a, a, that's a big thing, isn't it? That you're going to, if you can raise more than five hundred thousand dollars, the Country Cups Carnival obviously it, um, is a big initiative for for what you guys are believing in, um, and it ties in. Well, they both go hand in hand, don't they? The Royal Flying Doctors and remote regional Queensland, it sort of all ties in a fair bit, but. It, and I've talked to you about this before, just the importance of uh, racing in, in regional Queensland. It, it's never been a bigger challenge, you know, with, with everything going on, but it, it seems to have really prospered off the back of COVID and and, and it's I, – I don't say it's 
reinvigorated, but it certainly has grown. Oh, it absolutely has, Dobbo. And in so many towns in, in rural and remote Queensland, racing's the single biggest event, but it's also one of the biggest charity fundraisers in regional Queensland, whether it's your Lions Club, your Rotaries, your Country Women's, and now the Royal Flying Doctor Service um, joins that, that top shelf of fundraising for regional communities. And on the weekend in Atherton, there was apparently a bumper crowd, and Janelle Ryan won the Atherton Cup. And you'll look for the, the cups that come over the next uh, few months. That was the start of the Country Cups Challenge. There's another 15 of those to be run around the Sunshine State. And a grand final in Brisbane on December 3 worth now $200,000. So we've wow. increased the prize money on that. Wow. So we'll keep everybody updated with that. What What are the big things now? You guys obviously, obviously winter carnivals are big for you and obviously the Country Cup. But spring, even though not the best horses are in, in the southern states, is still a very big part now in Queensland. There's a lot of good racing going on. Oh, absolutely. And and, and it's, it's the spring carnival here, the Pink Ribbon Cup, now across three codes of racing, the single biggest fundraiser in the community for the Breast Cancer uh, Foundation took place over the last week across Harness, Greyhounds and Thoroughbreds at the Gold Coast. And um, it was great to see those racetracks um, coloured all in pink. Uh, for us, the Spring Carnival continues until the Queensland Cup at Eagle Farm. Uh, but down south, Queenslanders are having a great day on the big stage in Melbourne and hopefully Sydney in the next few weeks um, with the likes of Baller and Rothfire and Shooting for Gold. And then we're not far away from a Magic Millions Carnival over the summer. Right. Well, this is the thing that everybody is looking for. We also have got that slot race with the King of the Mountain, which we're looking forward to as well, and, and that's going to be a huge, huge uh, change to, to how the landscape works for Toowoomba and, and New Year's Eve. Now, we're just going to remind everybody, um, obviously, about just what Racing Queensland has done. Uh, they have, in the country cubs, they will now reach new heights this year, forming a community partnership with the Royal Flying Doctors Service. Now, every single race meeting there uh, will obviously do fundraising and we know how important this is and this is a great initiative. The new community partnership is expected to generate more than half a million dollars over the next three years for the iconic healthcare service. Thank you, Brendan. Appreciate your time, mate. And uh, just racing Queensland, doing phenomenal things for regional Queensland and for the bush. Thanks so much for being with us. Thanks, Dobbo. Much appreciated. Good on you, mate. Well, that's it from us here this morning at Rural Queensland today. Hope you've enjoyed the show. We're back tomorrow morning. Have a great day and we will talk to you uh, tomorrow morning from 9 o'clock. Remember, when the weed is ripe, keep the headers rolling in the paddock. From all the team here at Rural Queensland today, it's bye for now.